Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, I am so excited. We have two authors on and we're talking about a brand new book called Inside insight-led selling, adopt an executive mindset, build credibility, and communicate with impact. I mean, shouldn't we all be thinking about those things, whether you're an entrepreneur or working for a big brand or thinking about doing something somewhere in the middle? So on the podcast today, I'm so excited to share with you is Steve Timmy and Melody Astley. Guys, it's so great having both of you here today. I'm so excited. Thanks, Thanks Justin. so much, Justin. We yeah, are- this is so great. I've I've had a chance to get to know both of you over the last, I guess it's been a couple years since you guys have been working on this book. Um, I love selling. I love you know good selling. I, we talked about this during the interview process for that book, but um, I you know there's there's just people that do it really well from a relationship perspective, and there's those that uh, I don't know. We we'll dive into some of those shortly in the book, but before we even get there, let's do this. Um, let's start with you, Steve. Talk a little bit about your background and just share with our audience a little bit about who you are before you uh, even got started with writing this book. Justin, great. Yeah, I'm uh, Stephen Timmy. And uh, prior to starting Finlistics, this is in the 90s, I was a professor of finance at uh, Emory University here in Atlanta, where I live. I also did some work at Georgia State. And uh, while I was doing that, I decided a long time ago that being a professor of finance, even though it was very noble, I did not want to take a vow of poverty uh, to fulfill that. So I was very, very fortunate to get to work with a whole bunch of companies on a consulting basis, kind of see how they did things internally, you know, working with them to improve performance. And just by just in pure dumb luck, uh, I was doing a workshop at Georgia Tech and this one seller from a company called Manugistics from years ago. I know them well. Said, yep. Yeah. They, he says, hey, have you ever used this approach? I and mean, this is how the companies are doing things internally, shouldn't we be doing this in sales? So that was really the beginning of this. And, and now we focus almost exclusively on, on the sales environment. Awesome. Yeah. So for those who don't know Finlistics, Finlistics Solutions, um, you guys are going to learn more about the company today. Both Melody and Steven uh, work together there. Um, Melody is on the what, chief revenue officer side. And Steven, you're the you're the founder and president. So very, very cool. Um, Melody, share a little bit about your background before um, coming to the company, coming, coming to Finlistics and then getting into this whole space. Sure, sure. Um, Melody Astley, I'm out of Atlanta. <laughs> and have been in Atlanta for my whole working career uh, by way of Pittsburgh. I started my career as an IBMer. Um, and I be, I spent about 12 years there in a variety of different, different kinds of sales roles and leadership roles. Uh, but one of the things that is second to none about IBM is the way that they uh, get their sellers ready to go to market. And part of that is so as an IBMer, I successfully used Finlistics and met Stephen uh, in some of the training, and uh, we stayed in touch. And he said, "Hey, would you ever be interested in coming and coming over and helping uh, run sales for for Finlistics?" And I said, "Sure, that sounds great." Right. So that was about eight years ago, and uh, went from you know four hundred thousand people to a small company, which is great. And it's been a lot of fun and, and we've been just growing and having fun. So today I have 
sales and marketing for Finlistics. Uh, very, very cool. Yeah, I was, I was giving a bit of the intro on Finlistics earlier. B2B sales leadership company that promotes insight-led selling. What I love about that is such a simple vision and everybody gets it. And um, again, it's so needed, right? Every company out there is doing some aspect of selling and what you guys are doing um, certainly helps a lot of big companies and small. Um, let's talk about this this new book, Insight-Led Selling, Adopt an Executive Mindset, Build Credibility, and Communicate with Impact. I've added the end in there. Um, <laughs> talk about this. I mean, I, I, I want to... I, when I first met you guys, I was like, oh, good. They're writing a book just kind of like to put the message out about what they do at their company. But it's so much more than that. Share where this idea came from and how you guys um, started the idea here on the book. Yep. Well, I'll go first, but just first of all, we thank you, Justin, for being one of the executives. I, inter- thank inter- you. <laughs> Thanks for including me. It was so great. <laughs> which, which to me is really one of the uh, unique parts of the book because you know I call it insights from the other side of the desk. It's obviously self-promoting for Melly and I say this is what you ought to be doing and come to us and we'll sell it to you. But no, no I mean you the feedback that we've gotten about the you know executives like yourself, um, you know, when you were at GP and Procter and Gamble and ATT, it's it's great. People are like, oh my gosh, I mean these I wish I'd known this 10 years ago. But um yeah so so basically the idea for the book came from you know we we do a lot of you know in, instruction and we've got a lot of tools and all those kind of things and folks say hey but do you have something you know that's that's in more detail or something that we can ponder and those kind of things and so it's it's something that Melody and I had talked about saying okay here's here's the challenge is you know 80% of executive buyers think sellers don't know their business i mean that's wow. pretty bad. So, so, you know, our, our goal is say, well, let's, let's turn that around. We want maybe only 20% to say that. And here's how we think we can do it. And um, Melody, do you want to tell, tell Justin why we started in 2020? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, we had been talking about doing it for a long time, writing the book for a long time. uh, Because one of the things that we, that we do see is, is not only what, what Steven said, uh, Buyers don't. Buyers think that sellers don't understand their business. One of the things that we've seen is that sellers just get so so comfortable with talking to their friend, their friendlies in the account who just buy who who buy things. Uh, maybe those people have a stagnant or decreasing budget, and so they lose sight of how to grow uh, the accounts. And part of that is they have to call uh, broader and and higher within the account. And one of the things that we found is that sellers often aren't comfortable having those conversations because they don't know how to talk to those other executives because they don't know what is on top of mind for these other executives. So that's part of what we did with the book too, is really how do you, how do you identify the other potential stakeholders and how do you figure out what they care about so you can develop a point of view that matters to them. But we, so we were talking about writing this book said, if we're, we're going to do it, let's do it. If we're not, let's never, ever talk about it again. Right. Well, then, well then, yeah, right. Cause time just goes by, right. Then you have business no and it's always something, something, something. Uh, but then COVID hit and we found a lot of extra time on our hands, a lot of extra time right. on our hands. Great so, time to write. Right. So in the process of, you know, going stir crazy, we decided to make something productive of it and, and wrote the book. That's so great. Yeah. And it's for me, 
I've been on both sides of the table, as you guys know, on the customer side at like what companies like Coca-Cola and Georgia Pacific, as we talked about. And then on the tech side, right, as the bringing technology solutions that companies like Teradata and, and Accenture and, and, and whatnot. And I mean, it's so interesting um, to be the buyer and, and, and to be, have somebody who reach out to you to try to sell you something, right? And the ones that really differentiate themselves are the ones that have done their homework, that ha- have at least read the 10K or have done some simple right. research. I mean, it's so easy to, to walk in with a few, at least sound bites on state of the business versus walking in and saying, hey, Justin, why don't you share with me your top priorities and we'll go from there. It's like, wh- wait, what? I mean, like, <laughs> it's, it seems like 101, but a lot of sellers struggle with that. Well, you know, Justin, and to add to that is, is I agree completely. Um, and, and that's, that's what people say all the time. Like, I can't believe, and I don't want to diss anybody, but you know, I can't believe sellers don't know, you know, their clients goals. And this isn't, and I always tell them, you know, tell my folks, Hey, that's good because if they did, I'd have to get a real job and I'm not in favor of that. But, um, the, the other part too, is that even when they know the goals, we've done different surveys and only about 25% says, okay, you know, with Coca-Cola, GP, wherever it is, we're trying to expand margins on and on. Less than 25% say, well, once I know the goals, I, I, I don't, most of the people say, I don't know how to align my solutions, what their goals are. So sure. that's, that's part of our mission and our passion is like, come on folks, it's, it's not as hard as you think. You don't have to have an MBA in finance or something to do this, but you know, just make people's lives better and, and have a better buying experience for executives like yourself. Sure. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and and not to make this about me, but okay, back to the book. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I could just talk about my experience the whole 25 minutes. Um, so let's talk about the structure of the book. How'd you guys lay this out? Nola, do you want to do the outline topics? Yeah, well, it's it's comprised of, of five chapters that align to the three, what we call the ABCs of insight-led selling. So adopt an executive mindset, build credibility, and communicate with impact. So it takes you through, and it's very, it, it, there are stories, there are executive interviews, there are things that back up our research and our points of view. But um, it, something to take away is that it is a highly applied book as well. So it gives the readers things to do and think about that they can apply and take to the field the very next day. So there are charts and frameworks and um, calculators that will help them develop these insight-led points of view that are effective for these executives and take it to the field. So we start with how, how do you begin, how, how do executives think? and take it the whole way through to understanding the industry, understanding the company's performance, aligning your solution to help with the company's goals and strategies, and the whole way through to what makes an effective business case. So it's it's end-to-end in in the flow of the book around those three, the ABCs. I love it. Okay, so let's dive into each one. So um, adopt an executive mindset. Talk about what this means when you think about um, a seller that's maybe calling on a, a company and, there's, and trying to call in their C-suite, not just like the head of technology or a manager in the business. Yeah, so th- that we start off by saying, how do executives even think? And, and where, where are you? At the top of the pyramid, you talk one way versus maybe you're talking to some VPs and those type of things. So one is this whole, how do executives think? 
you know, what, what are they looking at? Big picture, smaller picture. How do you find the company's goals? How do you think about how your solutions align with their goals? And then Justin, one of my favorite topics is we then talk about executive compensation, which we recently did a survey. And I think out of 50 people that completed the survey, uh, took, took the survey, only about five or six say, yeah, we look at executive comp. So we talked about how can you really personal, not too personal, and be more effective. So we just go through that whole process of how, how do executives think and, and how do you need to talk to them uh, to, to communicate more effectively. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I've worked with a number of technology companies in my career, um, both for them and with them. And you're right, a, a seller that's used to taking orders, I'll call it, from mm-hmm. especially in the tech world, you know, uh, from mid to higher level folks may not they may not have to prepare as much for executive uh, discussions, right? They're just kind of fulfilling um, the, a need or taking requests and, and following up versus like truly trying to develop a strategic relationship with a, a, a customer or a client and trying to move a relationship forward. It's a, it's a different type of approach, yes. a different type of sell. And I think many times a different skill set, right? Yes. Agree. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> well, great. Um, all right. So l- let me hit number number two then. Uh, building credibility. Let, let's dive into that one. Yeah, but, but Justin, to add what you just said, it is a different type of skill set, but the way that, that customers are buying today almost demands that that skill set be modified or adapted to accommodate the way the world is now, which is Buyers are more educated than ever. They have a wealth of information where they used to, back in the quote order taking days, you go and be able to get their get their information for a round of golf with their rep or whatever right. it was. <laughs> um, today, the, the buyers they have they have deeper peer networks. They have access to research and analysts and consultants, and they're smarter. So they, they have some kind of notion of what they think they want or need before they even talk to you. No so doubt. they don't need the same kind of information. And, and the, the third thing is there are more stakeholders in every deal than ever before. Um, you know, one of the things that we see is marketing is, is one of the biggest consumers of technology spend. Maybe not IT as much anymore. No doubt. So totally how, agree. How do you... Right. And so as as the IT office of IT becomes more aligned to the business and really acts like an extension of the business rather than like propeller head, keep the lights on, the conversations just need to change all around. So that is that leads you to build credibility, too, because in order to to have that gravitas or in order to keep that door open with an executive, you really have to have the, the posture but also the, the point of view around how you can help them. And that's not grounded in feature function. That is true alignment to a company goals and strategies, executives, individual goals and strategies. And how do you, how do you show that you've done your homework and how do you approach them in a confident yet curious way that will keep the conversation going? I love and, that. And a part of that is also... Know, know my industry. You don't have to be, a, you don't have to right. be an expert, but I mean, come on, talk to me. If I'm in consumer products, as an example, talk, you know, talk to me, you know, in, in those, those terms, a different spend and, you know, the, those type of things, or if I'm manufacturing, talking about packaging, you know, don't come in and use retail speak. So part of it is know the industry 
And the, the one thing that jumped out at me uh, when we're talking about uh, building credibility with the different, different executives, and I think you, you said the same thing. Hey, tell me something I don't know. Right, I mean, that's, something new. Yep. Get, get, bring me some fresh ideas. Otherwise, you are an order taker. So, right. yeah, know, know, how they're, know how they're doing and uh, tell me something I don't know. Okay, here's another angle on this. And I was thinking about this when, we were, when I was doing my homework for the podcast today. You know, one of the ways that I also see credibility built and or broken is in consistent, is in having consistent um a consistent face to that customer. So for example, in, an invested relationship is one that doesn't turn over every couple of months or once a year. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? And so therefore, credibility between the buying organization and the, the provider, the vendor, whatever you want to call it, is stronger when there is a consistent face over time. Did you guys find that in your research? Yes. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want, okay, now I got to train the new person. You know, it's like, okay, right. this, this is, this is, this is great. And they, they, you know, we talk about one throat to choke, right? So I've, I've done the deal. Now I'm tur- turn over the implementation team. And that's some of the feedback we heard is like, well, where did Melody go? <laughs> She's right. still this deal. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's just like any relationship, right? I mean, you just don't like one day you got this person as a friend, the next day you got the next another person as a friend. I think that's a tension that is managed, though, by many providers out there. I, and I keep thinking of the technology world. There's other, obviously, you know, there's manufacturers that are, are vendors and partners and whatnot. But I mean, just that consistency of individual over time, you know, that knowledge of the business and the people is, is huge. Um, it takes yeah. some, some very strategic quarterbacking on the uh, vendor or technology provider side, because one of the trends, uh, Justin, that especially with technology companies, as we move to a SaaS based economy and the way that that changes the way that customers buy, everything's a little more finite in in terms of time and in terms of uh, expectations around time to value. So you do see that quarterbacking of, when does the uh, a client exec or account exec throw the ball versus when is it passed to these emerging organizations like customer success and those organizations that are responsible for successful implementation and value realization? Love that. Totally get it and totally agree. Um, your third area is communicating with impact. I, I mean, it seems like that's obvious, but it's it, but it's a challenge for many. Talk about what you found in your research of co- effective communication and ineffective. Yeah. Um, and Melly, I'll start it. You can be the closer this time. How about that? Fine. Sure. <laughs> so the, a couple pieces. One is, as Melody mentioned earlier, uh, you know, there's more and more buyers, you know, Gartner's now saying there's 10 plus, Right. And you know, take take some take something like uh, you know omni-channel. You know, so, sure. so you've got distribution logistics, and you've got marketing, and you've got you know the the folks buying and producing uh, you know the the beverages or whatever it might be. And they they even though they're aligned with the same you know grow revenues by making it easier for customers to purchase, they've got different initiatives. And they're going to have different operational KPIs where distribution logistics is going to be like perfect order, right? And order sure. cycle time. And, you know, marketing is going to be like, you know, what's the, what's the marketing response rate and on and on and on. So the communicate with impact that, that we found over and over again is, hey, talk to me in the way I'm thinking. We're all aligned with the same company-wide goal, but I'm focused on different things than my friends over here in distribution logistics. So the one is 
speak to me in my terms, you know, ta- tailor the message. And then the other part of that is, oh, okay, t- tell me, tell me how it's aligned with my goals. And then tell me what the impact's going to be financially on these different, you know, operational KPIs that I'm measured on. So just kind of, you know, you got to talk, you got to talk in their terms, not yours. Sure. Melody. Uh, yeah. Another takeaway around communicating with impact is be mindful of, of people's time. Uh, don't do a long wind up, get right to the point, keep it simple, explain it in layman's terms. So that way they can understand what you're proposing, the value it's going to deliver, and they can share that with the other stakeholders too. Keep it simple. And if that's so one true. page, it's one page. That's fine. <laughs> well, that's yeah. what to build on Mel- melodies, Ken, we talked to Ken May, and he was like CEO of Top Golf and CEO of Krispy Kreme, and with Procter and Gamble. And to build on what Melody says, if I get to it, he said, "Okay, if someone comes in with a thirty-page PowerPoint presentation, either one, it's going to be a short meeting, or two, I'm going to keep uh, catch up on my sleep." <laughs> Which I thought was great. Yeah, and you know, I, it is funny. Like, and making it relevant, like technology people get excited about their technology and often forget about who their audience is and start diving into the nuts and bolts. When in fact, like you might have business people in the room going, um, "I don't care about that. I just want to understand what you're going to do for me and how it's going to benefit my area of the business." Right? Yep. Um, we we talk about insights. You guys in your um in your outline, you talk about industry insights, executive insights, which we've hit on both of those line of business insights and financial insights. I'm curious on the financial one. Um, you know, when I think about effective sellers, you know, almost like when they when bringing an idea or a solution, thinking ahead to what the business benefit or business case might be along with that is significant, and I don't see that very often happen? In other words, take a shot at what you think the benefit could be based on what you know. Is that what you're saying here on the financial insights piece? Yeah, we're saying, first of all, if they're publicly traded, you ought to know like, hey, their growth has gone up or margins have gone down or whatever, not, not, and, and not to you know show up and give them a financial history lesson, but understand their pains, right? So you're looking right. at all these, you know, CPG companies right now, uh, you know, margins are going down. So not surprisingly, people like, uh, uh, I think it was Colgate Palmolive was like, hey, we got to take $600 million out of cost and we're going to put it back in the business. We're going to fund the business. Okay. So understand what's going on financially. You don't have to be a financial expert. And then as you just said, Justin, is okay, how how can I help? Oh, I, I, I see their margins are going down, which a lot of CPG companies are. Uh, oh, I understand now why they got this, you know, cost savings initiative to then fund I fit in. And initially, it, it, it just has to be a conversation starter. You, you're not going to go in and say, Justin, I'm pretty confident I can buy 50 million for you. <laughs> and then you're going to sit there thinking, what do you think? I'm Sparkles the Clown? Come on, buddy. You know? I will. It's funny you say that. Um, I will not use the firm's name, but just over, I guess, a year and a half, two years ago, I was um, in sourcing and procurement. And I'll never forget, we had a consulting partner. Uh, come in and say and didn't do that. Um, based on what we have here, we we think there's a half billion dollars we can cut out of your cost. At least, yeah. And I'm like, you don't even know. <laughs> you, yeah. And now you're gonna. You've, and he's and then he went on to say, well, we've shared that with the CFO as well. And I'm like, no, no, stop. Why? You know, yeah. Stop. It, it, 
Yeah. <laughs> and the, you know, there's other parts to this. Again, I want to emphasize that you don't have to be a financial expert. And by the way, within most companies, there's two or three areas of performance that really drive, you know, 80% of the value. So I always tell people start, start with, before looking at any numbers, start with talking about how, how, not how much your solutions will help grow, how your solutions will help better manage margins or days and inventories or whatever it might be. And then, and then get into the numbers. So Melody, what do you you want to add to that? The financial insights? Well, it's worth reiterating that sellers can be intimidated by, by the numbers. And I always say a CMO does not have their MBA in finance but a CMO still speaks in this way, still has to understand the financials. So you do not have to have an MBA in finance to be able to start talking about these numbers. That is the key to, to getting getting moving, getting some momentum around the financial insights. Sure, love that. We, we talk about in the book about going through group therapy to get over their fear of finance. And I've got, I've got my own ideas having taught the university why that, why most people you say, hey, do you want to learn some finance or shove bamboo, you know, shoots up your fingernails. They grab the bamboo shoots every time. But <laughs> right. you know, most people just had a bad experience with it for whatever reason. And now they're right. afraid. And what we're trying to do is say, no, 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 it's not what you think. It's, it's, sure. it's not just about the numbers. You know, one one last area that I thought of um, that I didn't see called out here, but we've talked about is asking for the business. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of good meetings lead to more good meetings, can lead to lots of meetings. But at some point, you know, if, if you don't ask for the business or propose a route forward or a, a, a project or an, a, a way to move forward, you're never going to get a yes, right? You can get a no, but you may not get the, the yes either. And I, I see a lot of um, salespeople focused on the activity versus the actual getting and driving business. Well, which is another good point of of calling on on the person with the final you know veto authority is sure they're pretty short on time, right? If they're spending the time and seeing it progress down the outcome, it's almost a presumed close. It's just an issue of of when right. Right? The presumptive because close. you did right, right. things from the get go. You don't have to swirl around an activity and analysis paralysis and all the other things that delay a sales cycle. Yeah, and it just it just emphasizes show me the money, right? How's this consistent with my goals and strategies and initiatives? And give me an idea, right? You know, give me an idea of how much this is going to uh, generate in in net benefits. And that's why you just keep focusing on that and, and, and make a compelling argument. And also share, you know, with them, you know, each month uh, we don't make a decision. Here's how much money is is going to be lost. Love it. Uh, for those that are just, by the way, the book just came out um, on Amazon and whatnot. In fact, right now it's number one. It's the number one new release in consumer behavior. It's kind of cool. Um, and I, one of the things you guys did a good job of was including a, a good number of people providing insights, advice, their perspective and whatnot, which I, for those that haven't written a book and are thinking about it, it's a great way to build like an immediate following um, and, and network to get the book out. I have to ask you guys, as we get close to the end here, um, what what were one or two things that surprised you as you were doing the interviews and pulling this together? I mean, you guys obviously know this space really well. Was there anything that jumped out as you were pulling this content together and interviewing people that you were like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. I'd like to hear from both of you. Melody. <laughs> Melody. <laughs> well, uh, that 
you think, of course, you know that time is is finite, and 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 people are selective with how they spend it, and it's really really easy to waste it unintentionally. But you think that just as I mentioned that that buyers are more educated than ever before, that is um, you know kind of specific focused research that they're looking at. But generally, uh, one of the things that is enlightening is sellers do have can take advantage of of what they're doing, which is they have the benefit of talking to lots of other customers. So they have the hands-on insights around what are other companies doing? What are some of the challenges they're having? How is their company helping them? And I'm not talking, you know, breach an NDA. I'm saying just you have the benefit of understanding what other companies are doing, whereas um, some of these some of these buyers are just so focused on what they have to do internally that they may not have the time to go and figure these things out. So that's that's laden with insights. The what are other yet? And if you can share that with them and tell them something they don't know, they'll be all the happier for it. Yeah, and that 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 was my number one takeaway was tell me something I don't know. And then having known some of these execs, I'm like, well, wait a minute, you're you're a senior VP at this board. 500 company, you got this big staff, you got every consulting company in the world <laughs> right. to come in and help you. And, and they were all like, yeah, I know that. But guess what? We too get very focused and we love hearing what other companies are up to as nice and not, um, you know, in MDA. The other one, and Justin, you're the one that started this is <laughs> you said, I remember this, make my life easier. Right. And, and, and so it's like, well, wait a minute, you got this big staff, their job is to make your life easier. I'm, I'm this salesperson and I'm supposed to make your life easier. So that was, that was another big takeaway. And then the third one, which was not surprising at all is, Hey, show, show me how this is aligned with the, our business goals and the financial benefits. And that's an area one reason we were very passionate about writing the book. Cause a lot of people just don't do that. We want to help them do that's it. That's right. No doubt. It's so true. Um, it's very, very cool. I'm excited for you guys early days getting this out. I'm sure you'll have a lot of opportunities to speak on it and um, engage sales teams and, and whatnot around it. Um, share with our audience where they can find the book, find you guys, connect with you, et cetera. All right. Melly, that's to you again. <laughs> and, well, Amazon, of course, oh, Insight right. Lead Selling. You can find yeah. it there. We have a website, insightledselling.com that uh, provides some of the frameworks and tools that we talked about from the book. When you purchase the book, you can get access to all those materials to use. Uh, finlistics.com uh, info at finlistics is how you email us and of course we're on all the channels facebook and linkedin and twitter etc totally linkedin is always a good way so cool um and and so much appreciate you guys being here we'll have to have you back on down the road as you get this rolled <laughs> out and maybe there'll be a follow-up after this but dr Stephen timmy and melody ashley so thank you so much for coming on the podcast thanks justin thank you, thank you. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.